It's an honor to be with you today at South Park Church on this historic occasion. Uh, it's wonderful to see former ministers and superintendents and leaders, and you're going to be recognized uh, in the ribbon cutting, but it's wonderful to see you. Uh, today is, we are, as, the, as we were led in prayer, we're living in the both and. Uh, and the both and is a deep and profound gratitude for, for the deep roots that led to what is uh, the spiritual maturity and the sacrifices and the faith. Uh, and uh, the both and is appreciating that this is a new story. Amen? Amen. Uh, that in a changing world, the gospel does not change, but we, we really do need new forms of church. And I celebrate this day with you. Uh, our scripture is the 84th Psalm. Uh, and I think that's going to be put on the screen. And I'd like us to uh, stand, if we could, and say this psalm together. <clears throat> How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out, for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may have her young, a place near your altar, Lord Almighty, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on a pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength, till each appears before God in Zion. Hear my prayer, Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, God of Jacob. Look on our shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed one. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. This is, amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> sometimes you know you are in the right place, and sometimes you know you are in the wrong place. Psalm 84 was sung by God's people as they made their way to Jerusalem, more specifically to the temple, which was the ultimate right place. For a Jew, the temple was and is the dwelling place of God, where God lives. I've always associated this psalm with another very different psalm, Psalm 137 which is a song of exile. 
The writer asks in Psalm 137, how can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? Many of us have been asking that question the last 21 months. How can we practice our faith in this strange time? In Psalm 137, we hear the voice of someone who is far from home, who is separated from God, who is disoriented. In Psalm 84, it's just the opposite. The pilgrim is oriented toward Jerusalem, toward God, toward the heart's true home. It is a place of safety and sanctuary and beauty. And this is echoed in another Psalm, Psalm 27. One thing I have asked of the Lord, that will I seek after, to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. It is a gift and an honor and a joy to be with you in this sacred space. Amen? Amen. South Park Church, to be with Kyle again and, and Linda. We're here to worship, to praise God, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in this God's temple. For a few years, I was the organizing pastor of a new church in Greensboro. In the first years, we worshiped in a school, a community college. While we purchased land and developed our community and outreach and gathered the resources for the first building. To be more particular, we worshiped in a student activities center. The president of this community college was a good friend and the space was made available to us at a great price. It was free. <laughs> On Sunday mornings, we would get there early to set things up, to rearrange the furniture, to put up our banners and signage. I remember that there were always several signs that read, no smoking or playing cards. <laughs> and I would put our signs over those signs uh, to say something like, welcome. And then I'd come back later and one of our members, someone with a snarky sense of humor, would have just changed it back to no smoking or playing cards. We were just trying to set some ground rules. It was a student activity center and it served our needs. We were grateful, but to be honest, it was not beautiful. Well, we decided to commission the design and sculpting of a large cross that would be at the center of our worship space. And one of our members, David, was asked to guide this process, and he did. David was a graphic artist. His company had worked with the Eastern Music Festival and Duke University. He had not been especially involved in church for a very long time, but this new community resonated with him, and 
He'd become a part of it, and he responded when we asked for his gift. And in a new community, every gift is important. Well, David was an artist, and he kept his creative process very much to himself about what this cross would look like. The Sunday came when we were going to consecrate the cross. And so David carried the cross into the service. It was a beautiful Celtic cross. And he carried it the way a person would hold a sacrificial animal. It was his sacrifice. And it was a thing of beauty. And today I want you to see this, your sacrifice, as a thing of beauty. Amen? Amen. That you are offering to God. We enter into the temple aware that this is the dwelling place of God. And if you believe this, it's a pretty compelling experience. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out to the living God. If Psalm 137 is about being in the wrong place, by the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down and wept when we remembered Zion. Psalm 84, our psalm, is about the desire to make the journey home. The composer of Psalm 84 yearned and ached to be home in the presence of God. The remainder of the psalm is a descriptor of a description of God's dwelling place, the temple and what that means. The birds of the air find a place to build their nest, their safety and sanctuary. The musicians and worship leaders are there. It's a place of praise and thanksgiving. The desire to be home motivates the pilgrims as they pass through the valley of Baca, the desert, and make it a place of springs. The rabbis and the scholars disagree on the meaning of this verse. The springs may refer to the blessings of water, to the good that God's people do for others in difficult times. Jesus said, offer a cup of cold water. Or the springs <clears throat> may be translated as tears. On the way home, on the way to God, we confront our struggles and our losses and our griefs. Along the way, we go from strength to strength. We are changed, and we remember who we are. When we truly get home, think about a time when you've been away from home for a long time and you got home. There's hope and assurance and comfort and clarity and acceptance and compassion. Home. We have just concluded the baseball season. Amen? So I'm getting a lot more sleep now, which is great. And I 
grew up in South Georgia, have been a, a Braves fan when they were losing 100 games a year. I love baseball for many reasons. And I remember that the late commissioner of baseball, Bartlett Giamatti, who had formerly been the president of Yale University, was once asked why are people so drawn to baseball? The people who are, are really drawn to baseball. Why is that? And he said, baseball is about getting home. And we all want to get home. In my family, we grew up near our grandparents on the edge of a medium-sized deep south city. At the time, it was in the country. At one time, where we are right now was in the country. The land had originally been my grandparents. They'd given a portion to my mother and a portion to my aunt and a portion to my uncle. My mother died three years ago this coming January. Her land now belongs to my brother and my sister and me. We need to get together to plan for its future, but COVID has helped us to avoid that conversation. I grew up really in my grandmother's house and on that land. It was a place of love. It was a place of unconditional love. We spent many Friday nights there and slept over until Saturday morning. Often we all came together for what we called Sunday dinner. We would spend most of the day there, all of the cousins. I would often go there after school in the afternoons and I spent a lot of the summers there. As I said, I grew up there. My grandmother lived with her mother, my great-grandmother, who lived to be almost 100 years old. Along the way, my great-grandmother's health began to decline and they needed to move into the city to be close to a hospital. They spent several years in the city until my great-grandmother passed. Very soon after that, my grandmother began expressing the desire to move back home to her house. By now, I was in college. And so one weekend, we all came together and we met at the house to clean it up, to clear some things out, and to prepare for my grandmother to return. When I re-entered the house that weekend, I have to say that I was struck by some kind of emotion, surprise or shock. I saw the house as an adult through new eyes. The house was small, much smaller than I remembered. It was aging. 
It was made of simple materials like cinder block. It did not seem to meet the standards of any of our houses. And yet, it was home. It was a place of love. It was a place of unconditional love. So my grandmother returned there, and she made her home there again. And she cooked meals for her grandchildren, like me. And she welcomed us into her presence until the end of her life. Now, why do I tell you that story? We have been through COVID. We are still going through COVID. And we are or we will be returning to places that have meant a great deal to us. Some of these places are sanctuaries and churches, and they will look different. Amen? And we have become different people. And yet, if we take the time to re-enter them, we will be put in touch with them as places of love. God's love for us. God's unconditional love for us. Many of our patterns of church have been rewired over the last 21 months. But one thing is a constant. <clears throat> the desire to get home. And as beautiful as this space is, and it is beautiful, no one will pass through these doors for no reason. No one will wake up on a Sunday morning and think, I'm going to go to church today for no reason. They would not likely use the language of being a pilgrim, of being on a pilgrimage. <clears throat> but intuitively, this is what will happen. People will be on a journey from where they have been to where they are and where, by God's grace, they want to be. It's really the journey of the child in the prodigal son parable in Luke 15. <clears throat> she comes to herself. He comes to himself. I come to myself. You come to yourself and you say, this is pretty terrible. This is pretty messy. This is pretty meaningless. I can go home. Say that out loud with me. I can go home. It is good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen? It is good to be home. And some visionary, generous, faith-filled, sacrificial people have created a home for us, but for a disciple of Jesus, it means more than this.
Those who have found a home have a deep desire to help other people find their way home. If you have ever felt far from God and found your way back to God, and if that happens, it's always grace. You know the joy and the love and the peace. And if you have had that experience, you want others to know the experience of home. My dream for South Park Church and my dream for the United Methodist Church is that we will be a spiritual home for all of us. All was a very important word for John and Charles Wesley, our forebears, in all of this. The hymn says, come sinners to the gospel feast, and we're going to have communion in a moment. Come sinners to the gospel feast, let every soul be Jesus' guest. You need not one be left behind, for God has bid all humankind. All. Let's say that word out loud. All. We come to this day and into this holy space to experience the beauty of worship. We come to be blessed in order that we might be a blessing. We come seeking protection and sanctuary in a sometimes dangerous world. We come searching for light in a sometimes confusing world. We are here to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. It's about home, and we are all trying to get home. By a happy accident, this is also All Saints Sunday. And one of the great saints and teachers of the church expressed this in a prayer to God. <clears throat> you have made us, O oh God, you have made us for yourself. And our hearts are restless. Our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. Let us pray. Oh God, we pause for a moment to imagine in our own hearts and experiences a place that we have called home. And we imagine being surrounded by people who have loved us. And now we imagine, oh God, this space as a home where you dwell, where your unconditional love dwells, and a home you are creating and making ready for all of your children. We thank you for this day. In all of our prayers, spoken and unspoken, we offer in the name of Jesus. Amen.